Enter a world of pain, suffering, and misery. Welcome to Fear and Loathing on the Turntable. I'm your host, Matt Bergman, and for the next 38 to 69 minutes, we'll be asking this sad, carbon-based, sentient life form about some songs that they think are shitty. And tonight, I have with me William Fox. How you doing, William? I'm good. How are you? I'm all right. Feeling good. Uh, where are you from? I am originally from Austin, Texas, right outside of Austin by the lake. Um, and then when I was 21 years old i moved up here to new york city uh and i am now 41 and so i've lived half my life in new york when you were uh, a kid at home um you know before you were buying records what was on in the house uh, a lot of stevie nicks um, <laughs> oh no and uh peter paul and mary all my okay. um, Moody Blues, uh, uh, Bob Marley, uh, CCR. Sure. Always a crowd pleaser. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of classic stuff. Yeah, classic rock. Yeah. That, not necessarily all of it counterculture. And when you say Stevie Nicks, do you mean Fleetwood Mac or Stevie Nicks Soul? Um, well, my my first uh, experience with Stevie Nicks uh, was one of her solo albums. Um, and then later on, as I grew up, uh, I became more familiar with Fleetwood Mac. Right. Now, have you heard Fleetwood Mac before Lindsey Buckingham and Stevie Nicks? Um, I'm thinking not. I'm th- uh, you know, it's like uh, what what people refer to as uh, Peter Green's Fleetwood Mac. I thought you were going to say, uh, have you? Did you listen to Fleetwood Mac before Stevie Nicks burned a hole in her nose from doing so much coke, or <laughs> or after? <laughs> well, yeah. She was a a fan. Yeah, just a little bit. Um. So what's your relationship with music? Like, did you, did you ever play an instrument? Yes, uh, I played trumpet uh, for about six years in junior high and high school. Um, I originally wanted to play the violin, uh, but we didn't have an orchestra at my school. Uh, so I- That had... is one of the single most difficult instruments to learn mm-hmm. is the violin. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I, and clarinet. Yeah, I was into the violin and the cello. I, even to this day, I love the cello. Um, and trumpet, um, you know, my grandmother played the trumpet, and so somehow I, I, I got, I was like, all right, I'll play trumpet, you know. So, um, yeah, I definitely have a, uh, a musical background, and I respect it. And Like, were you sight reading? Were you reading music? Oh, yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah, we, um, you know, they taught us everything. You know, as, as horrible as my uh, high school teacher like as much of an asshole as he was he really was good um you know he made us sing all of our parts Um, oh interesting yeah um he made us you know uh, with all of your brass instruments you have a a mouthpiece and he um would make all of us uh play our parts like on the mouthpiece only right to practice your Mm -hmm. Uh umbrature sure sure um so i mean you know it, it was a 
it was a wonderful and it was a terrible experience. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, but any any music teacher worth their salt kind of has to be kind of a hard ass if, if you're going to be I mean, a good know, player. It's not like, you know, back in the days of Mozart where they beat you for playing the wrong, right, note, right. wrong note or something. Right, you, know? you weren't physically assaulted yeah. right. Right. when you made a mistake. At Ten. <laughs> but sometimes sometimes the, the mental stuff is worse. You know, because my dad was a drill sergeant with uh, <coughs> music theory and stuff like that. Or, or mm -hmm. if I made a mistake, no, 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 wrong, wrong, wrong. Yeah. And he's been dead for since 91. And I still have that voice in my head yeah. when I flub on a guitar. When I was in college, um, I, one of my closest friends was a, a, a violin. Uh, she was exceptional. Mm -hmm. And she learned to play by ear, you know, mm -hmm. and eventually... Um, learn to read music uh, and so for her going through her music theory classes uh, was a real problem and it was really difficult for her I think she failed it the first time and then had to go on it, it's a weird thing yeah it's mathematics I, yeah mm -hmm. I mean I pretty much learned music uh, by ear and I had guitar teachers but they didn't they didn't write out notes they give me tablature sometimes but I had to get the timing on my own and all that stuff and I feel like that's better then, um, I don't know, dots on lines never made sense to me. Mm -hmm. But maybe that's just because I never applied myself to mm -hmm. that. But, you yeah, know, you don't I'm, have to do that. I mean, it was very confusing to me at first, you know, the, the notes and the quarter notes and, and you know, all, all it was very hard for me at first. Right. Um, because it's, it's learning another language. Yes, know? exactly, exactly. So, um, now, when you started buying records... Mm -hmm. Like, what was the first record you bought? So I was eight years old. <laughs> <laughs> I love this already. <laughs> and we were at the tape store. Uh-huh. And I wanted... You were a cassette man. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So this is what, um, you know, 86. Okay. And I wanted to buy Cindy Lauper. Uh, True Colors had come out. What, uh, what album was that? Wasn't it called True Colors? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know her catalog enough it's, to it's say. The, it's, the cover is the picture of her and the sand and the mirror, and she's like... Okay, so that would have been her second or third. Yeah, album. it wasn't Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Right. Uh -huh. And was, was um, Time After Time on that as well? I think so. That's a beautiful song. so. That's a great ballad. Um, um, so I wanted to buy Cindy Lauper, uh, and my non-biological sister, Ava, uh, who I grew up with, um, she had already had that album. She, or she had that tape, you know. And my mom was like, you know, she was like, why are you getting Cindy Lauper? She was like, Ava has that. Don't get that. Right. And L is right next to M. She goes, why don't you just, I don't know, why don't you get Madonna or something? And it was True Blue. Okay. And I was like, what were the hits off that one? Well, that was um, Papa Don't Preach. Okay. La Isla Bonita. I don't know that one. Open Your Heart. Don't know that one. True Blue. It was her third album. Okay, and, uh, yeah. That's when she bleached her hair blonde. and Yeah, she was huge. Um, so so Like a Virgin was the album before that, right? Like a Virgin, yes, was the second album. Right. Yeah. So it was, so my mom, it was my, all my mom's fault. She, you know, <laughs> she was like, why don't you get Madonna? And I was like, all right. You know, and I didn't, I was not familiar with Madonna, right? But I went home and being a little gay boy, I was just like, holy shit. And you knew you were gay at that time. I mean, you know, I, I couldn't necessarily put it into words, um, but I mean, I had a huge crush on, um, uh, 
David Hasselhoff. From, <laughs> from Knight Rider. Knight Rider, yeah. Well, yeah. that's David, that's Prime. Those leather that, pants. That's Prime that, Hoff. You know? Yeah. And that shitty Firebird he had. Yeah. So then, you know, as I got older, I mean, I was obsessed with Madonna. I had her posters on my, I had door size, remember the door size posters? Yeah, they were like seven feet tall. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, you know, I, I was obsessed with her. And my mom's, she, you know, she always <laughs> made fun of me, but it's like, well, it's your fucking fault. You know? Right. You, you did this to me. You told me. You turned me gay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Madonna, you know, as much as I hate her music, she was, she, she ushered in a new sort of, I don't know, like she, the LGBT community yeah. really connected with her yeah. and she, she lashed out against Christianity yeah. and she last, she was culturally out, important, I guess. She, she lashed out at, um, uh, the, the, the construct, you know? Yeah. Um, but there, there is a, uh, a, a family guy, uh, episode where, uh, Huey, the baby, Stewie, Stewie, yes, Stewie says, oh, he says something about back in the eighties, blah, blah, blah. And then he goes, you know, when Madonna was relevant, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, she, she's done a lot, but now I just, I'm like, and a huge, I mean, really good at marketing herself. You know, and what's different about her is that she was the agent of her own exploitation. Right. She, like, no corporation or no, no man did that to her. She did it to herself and yes. freely did it, yeah. you know? Um, and, it, you know, her sex book, I mean, that was a huge controversy. But, I mean, those photos are beautiful. Oh, I mean, it was hot. They're beautiful photos. Totally spectacular. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, she she's done a lot, but nowadays I'm like, she's just, I don't know. Well, Lady Gaga is holding the torch. Well, Lady Gaga, the difference there is that Lady Gaga is, um, you know, Madonna wants to be an artist and to be super creative, and, and she is in her own right. Yeah. Um, but Maybe. Lady Gaga, uh, on the other hand, is like out there as far as being artistic and creative. Oh, no, she writes her own you stuff. Know? Yeah, and then she's way more talented vocally than Madonna. Yes, you know? absolutely. Um, I have I have a lot of respect for Lady Gaga. I, and she's a good person. Now, she is not somebody that I would want to know um, because, you know... Because you don't want to hang out at the pool with her where she just takes her top off randomly? She she seems very needy. Well, um, yeah. You know, and like, like, um, she, like very draining. On the, on the flip side, Alicia Keys, I'm like, oh, I gotta hang with that girl. Right. I gotta hang with her. Oh, I love her. She's so she's soulful. Yeah. She's, she's just a cool chick, you know? And when she came out, there was a genre of R&B that just kind of felt fake and full of shit, and she kind of brought it back to a real place of, like, just singing and playing your ass off, you know? Yeah. She was great that way. Um... So what are you listening to now? Like, what are you into now? I still listen to all of the same shit that I listened to in high school. Uh-huh. Um, the only thing new, really, uh, that I've gotten into is uh, Mumford & Sons. I don't know what that is. They're English. Um, okay. They're pretty amazing. Okay. Um, How would you describe it? It's like singer-songwriter stuff? It's banjo music. Um, oh, it's a little redneck. Yeah, it's, okay. a, it's a little redneck with uh, like this really amazing sound uh, and uh, really 
new. Okay, maybe we need to dial some of that up later. Mm -hmm. So, let's listen to some some, uh, some shitty music. Okay. Uh, let's see, what was the order? I think the very last one that I said was uh, Liz Fair. Take a look. And that was sort of a, a, a like a last minute, you know, because it's really hard to think about the songs that you hate. Um, and that's what a lot of people have said. It's, it's very difficult. easy for me. I just have to walk into the supermarket and listen to Light FM, and I'm like, ah, fuck Peter Cetera. But you know, you know the Light FM station now. It's like, um, you know, I don't know, but I, I I'm shocked now at like what they're playing on it. I'm like. This is not the elevator music that it was. You know, now it's... I don't know. Like, what did it used to be, though, like when we were kids? It was like Dionne Warwick, you know, and like... Uh, You're talking about like the oldie station, like CBS yeah. 101.9? Well, um, well, because now they're going to play 80s here. songs and 90s songs. Right, right, right. Because we're that old. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, we're going to listen to, uh, I think, some Liz Fair. And I love Liz Fair. What the fuck song was it? Take a look? Yeah. Okay. All right, let's hear it. Liz Fair. I don't know This was a, um, I think this album was like a real commercial hit. Like she had commercial, um, like radio playable songs. Yeah, this is very radio friendly. Um, and uh, th to me, this this song was just like one of the weakest on the album. So this is the one when you get to it, you're like skip. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And this, like I said, you know, this album was like her first like breakthrough into mainstream you right. know, music. Right. Um, you know, her albums before that. Um, are not this, you know, but a lot of the songs on this album are really good. And then her album after this one was also really good. Um, and then, and then it, it petered out a little bit, you uh -huh. know. Uh, but everything before this album, you know, was not mainstream and really fucking brilliant. And her first album, her first album, was um, a direct response to um, who was it? I think it was like. Was it the Rolling Stones or something? There was some. It was an album that she found really offensive, and 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 like song for song on her first album is a direct response to the songs on that album. Oh, I wonder what who that is. The album these uh, gentlemen are trying to reference in their inebriated state is, in fact, the Rolling Stones' "Exile on Main Street." Yes, yes. And the thing about Liz Fair, she is a guitar player. You know, right? Um, it's not like Madonna. You know. I mean, you know, Madonna. She did play guitar and drums in her first out, first band. But she's band, not a know? musician. But she's she, not like she a, never honed her craft to be, you know. Whereas Lady Gaga could probably sit down and play. Oh, Lady Gaga and the a piano. Chopin sonata. The piano is my favorite. Her and the did piano. Did you ever hear her do? What's the song about her grandfather? She wrote um, it about her grandparents. Uh, yeah, Edge of Glory. Yeah. You ever hear her do that? With just her and singing and playing mm -hmm. piano, mm -hmm. I think she did it on the Howard Stern show. It's amazing. It's beautiful. It's, it's amazing. It's so mm -hmm. much better than the album version. Yeah, I love. 
you know, there was some award show where Lady Gaga came out and she uh, she sang "The Hills Are Alive with Music," um, and from from the uh, sound, sound of music. Sound of music. And the thing is, is that um, she sang it in the key that Julie Andrews sang it, which is very difficult. And she came out. Why this, was it very high? Like it's very it? high. It's very you know it's very technical. I guess I don't. I'm not sure. But but the, you know the wow factor was that one she came out singing this this high pitched you know song, um, and a song that apparently a lot of people can't really replicate in the same key that Julie Andrews did. Right. And it was fucking amazing. And then Julie Andrews came out, and then she started crying, and she was like, everybody, the incomparable Julie Andrews, you know. <laughs> That's also also really hard with, like, Pandora nowadays, because you're like, oh, what's, who is this? What is this? You know? Like, recently I've gotten into German pagan folk music, you know? Why not? And that's, you know, you know, I feel like with most artists, um, their first album is always the best, you know? Uh, I, you know, I can find a lot of exceptions to that. Yeah. Um, for instance, Thundercat, what we were listening to earlier, I think that's his best album, and that's like his third or fourth. Mm. Um, Iron Maiden, their second album is better than their first. Mm. Killers is way better than uh, Ozzy Osbourne's Diary of a Madman is better than Blizzard of Oz. But uh, but I know he, and I guess it depends on what you listen to. <laughs> well, I think that that's a good point because I think it depends on which album you heard first mm. that turned you on to that band. And it's interesting too, you know, when um, there are remakes, right? Uh, and and your favorite version of the song, whether it's the original or the remake, most times is whichever one you heard first. Right. Right. Yeah, and then there are sometimes these odd occasions where you're like, "Oh no, the original is way better," <laughs> you know? Yeah, uh, right, sure. Um, like when you were talking about that, uh, what came to mind was I heard Johnny Cash do "Bird on a Wire," and that's a Leonard Cohen song. <clears throat> so then I looked up what album that was on, and it's on uh, "Songs from a Room." Bought the album. Loved every song, except when I got to Bird on a Wire, I was like, eh, it's not as good. Yeah. It's just not as good. Yeah. Or Bob Dylan, All Along the Watchtower, compared to Jimi Hendrix. I mean, that was so good that Bob Dylan said to Jimi Hendrix, yeah, this is your song now. Because, I mean, there's no comparison. You know? Yeah, it's like Dolly with Hugh Whitney. I will always love you, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, it really was. I mean, Whitney really did take it to the next level, you know? Really? Um, so, because I was just thinking, no, I'm all about Dolly. But oh, that's because I, I heard Dolly first. Okay, see, I heard Whitney first, and then I heard Dolly. Um, but even, I feel, I feel like I saw or read something where even Dolly was like, yeah, she did an amazing job. No know? doubt. <clears throat> but Dolly thought, was singing it about uh, Wagon Porter, I believe <clears throat> was which was uh either her manager i think her manager for a long time and she had to part ways with him and she wrote that about him so she's really singing about heartache and and having to end a relationship mm -hmm. and i don't think they might have been romantically involved well, she was she's been married a million years right yeah oh i don't know oh yeah I don't she's know been, been married a million Dolly. years yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I do want to say, though, that um, we were talking about the concerts that we've been to earlier, mm -hmm. uh, and I did go see Dolly uh, at nice. uh, fucking um, 
what's the one in Connecticut, the casino? Uh, Foxwoods? Yes. Uh, saw her. I just at, totally pulled that out of my ass. Saw her at Foxwoods. Um, and uh, my my boyfriend's uh, parents were over from South Africa and they really loved Dolly. And so he bought all of us tickets and we went and saw her. And, I, you know, I always liked Dolly, I always thought she was great. You know, um, but then I saw her in concert and I was like, oh, my God, I fucking love her. <laughs> She's amazing. You she know? is amazing. Yeah, it was awesome. Amazing. It was awesome. It was I mean, so good. she was also just such a pioneer for women's rights within country music. And she spoke to people, you know, down south that mm-hmm. didn't really, you know, equal rights movement happened in major cities first. And it, they most of them weren't in the south. Yeah. You know, yeah. and uh her doing that whole movie with Lily Tomlin, Nine to Five, that was another huge mm-hmm. um, boost to the ERA. Although I don't know that she was directly involved with the movement, but she had the right tone and the right sentiment for the time. Okay, what's next? Uh, so we decided. I mean, that's really kind of a it's a crap song, right? It didn't impress me. I yeah. don't hate it. Yeah. If somebody at so work bland. played it every day. I would probably learn to hate it, yeah. but uh, no, nah, it's, it's uh, I say this a lot, but it's fairly pedestrian. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, Very middle it, it doesn't grab my attention mm-hmm. in any way. There's nothing no. special about it. Mm-hmm. And who knows? Maybe there's nothing special about it for her. Maybe it was I, a throwaway track. I feel like it kind of was. Yeah, could but be. I don't, I don't know. You know, you need filler. Yeah. Makes the other stuff pop. Yeah. Okay, we're going to hit some uh, Lana Del Rey. Oh, man. All right. I got I to gotta talk about this song a little bit. Okay. So this is from her first album. Which this I is was, Off to the Races. Off That's to the Races, for, yes. For... To me, her first album is amazing. It's great. Um, but I really fucking hate this song. <laughs> and here's the thing. A lot of people love it. They love this song. Well, there's no rhyme or reason to why a person likes or hates a song, I think. I I find it really shocking um, about this song in particular. Okay, well let's hear it. <laughs> Lana Del Rey, off to the races. Let's listen. My old man is a bad man, but I can't deny the way he holds my hand and he grabs me. It's already a little annoying. Listen. Yeah, this is shit. <laughs> My buddy Tom used to play a lot of music for me that was better than this, but but the production is like cotton candy laced with heroin. And that, like it's a little dark, but mostly it's ear friendly. Yeah. So this whole album is is very 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 produced. Yes, and it works for her, and, and, and it's great. Like, you know, she says this first... It's what you have to do to make it radio-friendly. Yeah, and, and, you know, she even says, you know, this first album is very much, uh, like, taken straight from her fucking diary. You know, she's a rich girl from Connecticut who grew up in New York and got into alcohol and drugs at, like, 15 years old and then got right. sent away to a boarding school. Right, right. So, I mean... And that comes across. That, that This has that tone. And, and, and you know, these songs on this album... Um, you know, I guess maybe there are 12 or something. I think eight of them are really fucking phenomenal, you know? Right. Um, but this one, you know, a ton of people like it. And I'm like, hey, this is terrible. 
you're the type of person that's not listening closely and just wants something to dance to and that's ear friendly, this is great background. No, I have a friend who's like, oh man, the lyrics of this song are so fucking amazing. And then I've heard, I've read reviews where people are like, oh, this part where she's like, when she does her voice and she does it up like that and it's so cute, it's so amazing and wonderful. And I'm like, really? I, I just. Yeah, that, that's not impressing me right now. To me, what's impressive about her is her low register. Because she can sing very low, and she gets ripped on a lot because she's not a she can't belt it out. Right. But she she can sing very low, and this high, and she's naturally higher pitched. Sure. But to me, I don't like her higher pitch. I like her when she sings down low. You know? Well, wait till she gets older; she'll grow into that. Well, I mean, she she I mean, plenty of her songs like. Uh, she for Maleficent that movie she redid um, that song from Sleeping Beauty. Um, I know you. I walked with you once upon a dream. You know that song? Scary. That um, you know that much of it? She. So it was an orchestral song from uh, the original ballet, right? And then Disney, when they uh, made the movie, they used it. And so anyway, at some point, it became a ballet. Or I mean, I think it was originally a ballet. Yes. Uh, and then at some point, somebody put words to, this, to the song. Um, and so anyway, she does this very low, creepy version of it. It's awesome, you know? Um, I can't believe I just slammed it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Maybe we should hear that now. If you want to. Are you done with this? Yeah. You want to tap out? Yeah. I mean, it, I, ugh, it just sounds, it's just... Mm, 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 I know. think uh is a good way to end that one. Mm-hmm. Okay, this surprised me a little bit, but having revisited it last night, I kind of get it. What is this one? Pat Benatar. Oh, yeah. Hit me with your best I shot. I love Pat Benatar. I really love her. She's um, great. Yeah. And she was trained as an opera singer. Really? Yeah. And uh, and she, I just, I really like a lot of her uh, songs and her music. And I like what, you know, she's a weird looking woman, but she's a rock and roll bitch, you know? And she's one of the, you know, she was one of those breakout female lead singers uh-huh. in the 80s that yeah. we so sorely needed. Yeah. You know, Joan and, Jett. Pat Benatar, mm-hmm. uh, what, mm-hmm. what was it? A, a Bonnie, Bonnie, uh, Total Eclipse Tyler. of the Heart. Yeah, Tyler. that's it. Yeah. Um, and so, but this song, I feel, uh, you know, just very commercial, very radio ready. Sure. Um, and I feel like this was not. But really... she never shied away from that. I no, mean, she of was, not. you know. No, 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 no. She's pretty much a pop star. I wouldn't even but, call her a rock star, you know? Um, but, you know, she had songs like. You know, like Love is a Battlefield was really amazing. Uh, yeah. And Invincible, that was a fucking amazing song. I don't song. know that one. It was used in that movie, The Legend of Billie Jean, with Helen Slater and Christian Slater. It was filmed. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, you should totally see it. It was filmed in Corpus Christi in like 1984 or something. It was awesome. Right, so it has a, a sort of hometown vibe for you? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, was in, I was living in Corpus at the time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You should. And that so, for me is Saturday Night Fever. Because okay. that was filmed in Bay Ridge right. in 77, right. 76, yeah. something like yeah. that. All right, so... Uh, yeah, I've just always... I've, I've always disliked this song. I don't... Whenever it comes on, I just... Next. Like, from the, from the moment you heard it? Um, I remember hearing it in the 80s uh, on the radio. Oh, it was everywhere. Um, um, but then I didn't get into Pat Benatar until, like, you know, like, college, maybe... 
And then when I realized this song was hers, I was like, oh, I'm like, yeah. You were a little disappointed. <laughs> no, I don't remember this song. I'm like, mm, mm-mm. Yeah. It's one of her more rockin' tunes. Though. I know. It's one of her, like, biggest hits or whatever. But Oh, I totally, just, yeah. I just, I don't like it. All right, let's hear this piece of shit. It's so, like, Rick bubble, Springfield. Bubblegummy. Yeah, you know? yeah. I just feel like somebody made her do this, you know? I wonder if she even wrote it. Yeah, this is something that in high school I wouldn't buy. This is fucking lame. Yeah. And also, too, you know, I've I've heard her live versions. I love her, but I like her live. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, some people can't pull it off. And I feel like she probably could, but I don't know. Maybe the things that I've heard have been, like, towards the end of the show or something. I don't know. <laughs> right, right. It's like, you wanted to go home, and you were like, oh, they're doing another one? Yeah. Like, where are we going like, to... Are we going to be able to get out of here? Where's the car? Yeah. Like, you know, I... You know, the Cranberries were really big when I was in high school, and, and that song, Linger, um, you know, was really big. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, is that the one with the... Do you wee, have wee, to wee, let wee. it linger? Do you have to? Do you have to? Do you have to let it linger? That's not the one. Wait, who are you talking about? Oh, the Cranberries. Yeah. I was thinking of the Breeders. Sorry. No, sorry. Um, but, you know, she she was an alcoholic, and she died a couple of years ago, and she drowned in her own bathtub. Um, but... And I don't, I don't mean to trivialize all this. I'm just giving a little bit of background um, because on Pandora, um, it played this live version of Linger. And I don't know if she was drunk or if it was at the end of the show or something, <laughs> but it sounded horrible. Well, but, you know, like when you do live recordings, you know, she was off. Somebody, key. somebody she was has to a little bit. I think usually you know? the artist has to approve the track. And so at some point she went, good enough. Or maybe not. Maybe she lost the rights to her music and then someone else was like, eh, we can make money on it. People love her. I don't think so. I don't think they ever... Well, of course, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, um, that hit me with your best shot. Mm-mm. I don't I don't like it. I mean, what is she even talking about? I don't know. Boxing? I, that's the thing. I don't know. I think I kind of get the feeling that it's like, you know, some ex-friend of hers or something. I don't know. But I, Or I, like a breakup I, thing. I, I also kind of don't feel like it was written by a woman. Right. Who, that's what we were going to oh, look at. Oh, yeah, up. yeah, yeah. Look it up. Did she write? Eddie Schwartz wrote it. Right. Fucking Jew. <laughs> Remember that song, I'm Walking on Sunshine? Yeah, I like to sing... Uh, Whenever I'm uncomfortable. I'm walking on eggshells. Whoa. So my mom's nickname was Sunshine. And Ooh. she's like, I always hated that song. And I'm like, why? And she's like, I just thought all my enemies really loved it because they would be walking all over me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> she took it personal. Yeah, she did. Yeah, it was written about you, Ma. Yep. <laughs> okay there, Becky. <laughs> she probably wouldn't like me calling her Becky, would no, she? No, she hates that. Yeah, Becky was the uh, the reprimanding sort of word. Well, sure, whenever your parents want to get your attention. Although, you know, my, my grandmother called her Becky all the time. So maybe that... Maybe That's scratch, why she hates it. Scratch what I just said. Uh, yeah, she 
Yeah. But I, I've always known you as William, mm -hmm. never a Bill yeah. or a Billy or a Will or a Willie. So when I was in high school, so my name is William James, mm -hmm. right? And my last name is Fox. And uh, How very British. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes, I'm long line of all that. Uh, but uh, so lots of white people. So my my, you know, Bill or Billy is short for William and Jim is short for James. And so my Hick family in South Texas, they called me Billy Jim. Nice. And so when I got older, that morphed into BJ. So then I was nice. in high school known as BJ Fox. <laughs> I mean, you know, if I became a porn star, that have been great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But as soon as I went to college, I was like, no, but no. But was there an innuendo there? Like, did people know that you were gay? And... I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Kids were know. being me. Okay. Moving on. Oh, God. What's next? What is ne It's going to get worse before it gets better. I know. <laughs> oh boy this is we might need to smoke oh, some more foreigner oh, yeah yeah so my my personal thing with this is uh i i dated a guy for about like eight or nine months and i lived with him for about six months and uh he loved this song it was you know he 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 wanted to be um so you know he was so dramatic and uh, and uh he was like he was like you know before i met you i would sing this song i want to know what love is i know you can show me and you've shown me and wow. let me so that, let me, that sounds like fiction out of a comedy movie yeah so let me tell you what happened uh it was a very short relationship <laughs> thank god uh, and then he stalked me for seven oh, years. oh no seven years yeah yeah. Fuck! Yeah, dude, that's super creepy. Yeah, I had to change my number. I yeah, I, yeah. I mean, you know, you're a hot guy, but come on. Yeah, it was. Dude, it was, get over it. He doesn't want you. Like, come on. All right, what's next? I want to fucking know. foreigner. Oh god. And you know, Sunday morning, I think did a segment on them, and and I think it was this song where the lead singer didn't even like the song. Oh, that's often the case. <laughs> Like I hate this song, <laughs> especially when you have to sing it over I, and over I again. I feel like it was it was this song. Yeah. I could be wrong, but well, here we go, Foreigner. Oh, I want to know what love is. Oh, the keyboard sounds right off the bat. I'm irritated. Like if I don't think there's actual bass guitar or guitar here. It's all synthesizers. Yeah, I feel like if you're gonna do keyboards, at least do like fucking your rhythmics, you know? Right, right, like old school synths that had weird yeah, sounds it, to, yeah. You know? So I also, you know, I, I kind of wanted to, you know, when, when artists do the Christmas albums, <laughs> I'm like, now we're gonna listen to one of Tori's songs from a Christmas album. And is that, that where that's from? So, yes, that okay. particular song. But that Christmas album is really fucking amazing. It's just this song is really bad. But Annie Lennox, who I love, I love Annie Lennox. Came yeah. out with a Christmas album, and I'm like, I think I listened to it once, and I was just like, it's I'm, no good. I'm not digging this. Like, it's just. Mm -mm. But there's some good Christmas songs out there. Like, if you want to get into the spirit, you can. You yeah. don't have to listen to fucking Bing Crosby. You don't have to listen to all the fucking carols. 
Well, that's the thing. It's like, you know, with Christmas music, it's, it's like it's the same 30 songs, 30 different ways. Right. And now what they're doing is, and they've been doing it for a few years, but it's like they're, they're, they're bringing songs that are not Christmas songs and making them Christmas songs. Like that song from Sound of Music. Um, oh, God. Um, the Val song? No, 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 no. It's the song about... Um, when the bee stings, when the butt dog bites. Oh uh, yeah, I don't know it well enough to I'm, I, know the name of that. It's but like I'm sure we these are a few of my favorite. Oh, oh things. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They've made Brown that paper, into a Christmas song. Brown packages tied up yes. with strings. Yes. Da, da, yeah. And then also too, they've made Pachelbel's Cannon a, a, a Christmas song, and I'm like, that's not a fucking Christmas song. Do you know my friend Rob Paravonian? No. He does a whole rant on Pachelbel because he grew up playing cello in school because that's not going to get you beat up and that was the song and if you play cello you play the root note of the chords over and over again and he does this this rant about there's so many pop songs with like we're not going to take it by twisted sister is the same so he fucking hates that that's been his viral video so just a, a little side note so i i'm i'm friends with a very lovely tranny in the neighborhood and i know we're not supposed to say that word anymore um but she has lived her life as a woman almost. a chick with a dick yes okay and you know there are no chicks with dicks it's only men with tits um <laughs> right that's what it is sure uh, half half full half empty right it's like if you want to say chick with oh, okay okay fine um but anyway um she's a lovely lady uh-huh. um and um are you trying to hook me up no, no, no. What, what were we talking about before that? I was, I was going somewhere with this. What was it? I don't know. What were we talking about right before that? Oh, Twisted Sister. Yes. So I, you know, and I love her. She, she's amazing. Mm. Um, but I, I always, I always say, I'm like, she kind of looks like Dee Snyder. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. You know. Even like, as a man, Dee Snyder is not attractive. No. Yeah. In fact, the makeup might have helped him back in the day. You know what's interesting though is, the, you know, she was in like porn magazines in like the seventies, uh, and she was really kind of a one of the first ones, you know, first to, uh, transsexual, to, yeah, yeah, in 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 print or photograph, um, and she was she was really fucking hot. Now, when did she decide to switch? I don't know about all that. Um, so she's, like I said, she's a lovely person, um, mm-hmm. but you can't have um, in-depth conversations with her. About that kind of stuff. No, 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 because um, she's not, it's all about being a girl and all about like, oh, I was talking to this guy the other day and blah, 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 you know? And, and I'm like, okay, but what about when you were so sick two months ago and you couldn't even talk to me? I'm like, what about that? You know? Right, and, right. And, and just total gloss over, you know what I mean? Like, right. it's not, it's not, she's not, and I don't mean to say it in a bad way, but it's like, she's not sort of in depth. Um, now, I don't know. She's not self-aware. She's a, uh, no. Um, she's, right. she's, she's a, a large girl, uh, tall and, and not super wide, but you know, she's like not she, fat, she, but buxom. she's like almost voluptuous 70, I think almost she's like mm-hmm. 65 or 66 something. Right. And, um, you know, I, you know, she, she 
the really dramatic makeup, the the sequins, right, and the, right. all this. The whole know. drag queen look. Yeah. yeah, you know, but she's not a drag queen, you know. Um, so, you know, she's like, you know, all she can talk about are her shoes or her doll collection or, or you know, or her right. man or whatever. You know what I mean? It's all yeah. very on the surface. It, it makes you know? me wonder. It's like, okay, you're trying to gender bend, but you're you're really identifying with a binary role like why can't you just be who you are you know what i mean i think that is who she is but but you know what i mean like when when folks just decide to all right i'm gonna identify as this and then they because there's they, they think they're sort of rejecting a binary role of male or female but then you're just adopting the other one why can't you just be who you are you know like like there's a spectrum right we all sure. understand that now yeah and, you know, you figure out where you're lying. You just like William Burroughs always, you know, people would interview him and he would, you know, about being gay. And he's like, why do you got to label me? Mm-hmm. And mm. truly, why? So here's the thing. Remember in the 90s when it was, you know, don't put me in a box. Don't label me. Don't, you know, don't. You yeah, know, blah, sure. Blah, blah. And now if you don't get the label just right, exactly. you're a fucking asshole. You know? Right, right, right. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I had an experience. I was on the ferry. And because it's the ferry, people are nice and we talk to each other. And it was during the eclipse. And, you know, this woman lent me her glasses so I could see it. And, uh, I, and invariably, the conversation goes to, isn't this so much nicer than riding the subway? And I told her about this story where... I had gotten out here at 86th Street, and I got to the top of the steps, and I'm going to say there's a dude there, because there was a penis involved with no pants on, but like dressed as a female at the top, and gaudy makeup, and just some kind of weird meth mess. And just standing there? Yeah, and I said, uh, and I used the word transvestite. Yeah. And she got all grammar police on me. How long ago was this? When was this? This was uh, the eclipse, uh, a year and a half, two years ago. Okay. Something like that. Yeah. And, and I was like, and she's, you know, we use trans now and this and that. And I was like, okay, but okay, you're but missing. You don't have any pants on. You're so. missing the point of the story. There's a guy with no pants on yeah. that Dick children out. could see. Right. That was my point was I don't need to see this train wreck, whatever it is. I don't care how they label themselves. Put some clothes on but and, then, then, I and talk then maybe to, we can talk about it. Right. And then I talked to my friend Mark about it, who's a gay man. And uh, he said, well, you're not incorrect. You saw a man with a penis dressed in women's clothes. Yeah. That is a transvestite. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that term. Yeah. You know, I I think it's uh, just very confusing now. You know, the younger generation, they're, you know, the whole pronoun thing. It's, uh, it's, it's, they're getting obsessed. And and I'm like, why do, why does there have to be 60 different ones? You know, it's too uh, much. I'm like, yeah, it's too much. Thank you. And, and, and what are the millennials doing in, in, in places in Europe, like, like France and Italy, where, where, with the romance languages, where there is no it. Everything is right. he or right. she. That's so, a good point. So what are they doing? Right, right. You know? I don't know. Yeah. It, it's, it's getting ridiculous. I just, I just want to go back to the don't put me in a box and don't label me. I think that's the healthiest <laughs> you know? way to go. Like, why do we need to? Well, let's, let's stop labeling things. Like, like, 
Panopolis or whatever, or, or, um, you know, bisexual. What the fuck is Panopolis? You know, all these different words are gender, gender fluid, not gender fluid, but like sexually fluid and all this stuff. It's like, it's all the same fucking description. Um, right. Just it's just a words. matter of where you are on the right. spectrum. Yeah. It's like, you know, I don't know. Maybe we should go back to the goddamn Kinsey scale, you know, <laughs> I mean, because it seems yeah. to work for me. Yeah. You know, <laughs> my friend Lisa was funny. We were talking about this with Mark and she was like, oh, for Christ's sake, just pick a lane. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but, you know, the, the binary thing is limiting. And, and not everybody fits into that. Nobody is 100% masculine or 100% feminine. And certainly not today. But, you, you know? but well, why do you have to have a word for 63% and, you know, right. like... Why do you have why do you, to... Why, that, that's a luxury. Yeah. It's a luxury to have that kind of... It's just like I say about... Um, you know, eating disorders in first world countries, because in third world countries, yeah, there's no eating disorder. You eat what's they're there. They're worried about that. No, they're worried about other things, and so it's like this weird. Like, they're not glutards or you know lactose intolerant. They're like, I'm going to eat the cheese and have diarrhea. Yeah, or be constipated. You know, right, whichever. Right. Yeah, um, but uh, you know, I don't know. It's it all just sort of falls in line with the way that we have gone as a, as a global society, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's just I think so... those are still first world things though. Like people, people in, in, in poor countries now have access to the internet and they're looking at us going, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Well, I have bigger things to worry about, like yeah. whether I'll eat or live today. Yeah. You know, yeah. people in Africa who are getting a shotgun in their mouth being threatened yeah. for being gay. It's like, yeah, no, those, go- those people aren't thinking about what label they are. No. They're thinking about the government wants to kill me because I want to have homosexual sex. It's ridiculous. Or they want to kill me because I'm a woman and I... And I or cut my clit off. Or, yeah. or mutilate me. Right, you know, right, or, right. You know, and then rape me, be, rape babies because they think that it'll cure AIDS. Jesus you know, Christ, or, yeah. And, and that's, you know, um, maybe sub-Saharan Africa specific um but even in like chechnya you know chechnya had this like calling of gay men you know and i think i think it's still going on you know have you Um, seen the family um is that is that the one with brian cox i don't know oh it's a documentary about this group that was uh pretty much run for decades by a guy named doug coe and Doug Coe was the guy that you wanted, if you were going to be president or congressman or whatever, to get into office. And they always used this Jesus slant. Hmm. And uh, I think it's part of the problem with where we are with the GOP. Oh, I mean, religion is... Um, <clears throat> now, I, <clears throat> I know so many Christians who are really good people they're fighting the good fight absolutely um and and those people i don't have a problem with no i don't subscribe to it but you do you and and be good yeah but it's when and any you know man always perverts any sort of religion um because the foundings of because it has power right and the foundings of basically all religions are good um yes i agree most of them um I think Islam does, I mean, Bill Maher talks all the time about how Islam does say kill whatever, you know, but, you know, Uh, the teachings of Muhammad are pretty parallel with Jesus. Well, but, you know, so many Muslims, they don't, 
listen to that part of, of, no. of the Quran. Right. Just like um, so many Christians don't listen to the parts of the Bible about stoning your wife or whatever. Right. You know? right. Exactly. I mean, you know, so we pick and choose. Um, and the thing is, is like, even with pagan religions, what I'm finding about it, and I was t- telling you about earlier, uh, it's like, it's all cliquish and it's all a form of control. Um, yes. and, and as long as you are a person who doesn't use religion as a platform to judge and condemn other people, then more power to you, you know? Yeah, my grandmother was a devout Catholic all of her life. Mine was Southern Baptist. And I never heard one preachy word from her. Yep. She went to church every week. She taught mm-hmm. Sunday school, but she never tried to, you know, she knew I was not, I mean, I never declared myself agnostic, but I was not a Christian mm-hmm. and I was not a Jew in the religious sense. Mm-hmm. But she never said word one. She knew I was a good kid, and I was okay. Yeah. What's that about? Uh, so I can't see you, and also I have to pee. I'm backlit? Yeah. Okay, let's yeah, let's Should take we, a break. Okay. Mmm, clean. I mean, really clean. And it holds any set I want. New beer-enriched shampoo, Body on Tap, gives your hair super body, super hold. Brewed with one-third real beer. Wow. But don't drink it. Just shampoo. Whether I roll it, pin it, curl it, or blow it dry. It gives my hair super body, super hold. And the shine of your life. It's the beer shampoo that does it in three bodybuilding formulas. That's body. On tap. Okay, so next, what are we doing next? Is this the last one? Oh, man. So... I have to talk about this song uh, because this is Tori Amos Emmanuel. Yeah. So I love Tori Amos. I've loved her since her second album when I was in high school. Uh, and I have seen her a bunch of times in concert when she's come to New York. High school. We're talking the early nineties. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I saw her the first time that I saw her was in, in Austin, Texas. And, um, and it, it, that was the tour for her third album. No, sorry, her fourth album. Yeah. Uh, and it kind of blew me away. Uh, and then I moved to New York, and then I've seen her every single tour since then. Uh, she almost always plays. Wow, so you're, you're, you're a bona fide fan. Yeah. Uh, she almost always plays at... Um, oh, my God. It's, it's, so, uh, City Space? No. Um, it's escaping me right now. Um, but I've seen her there a million times. Um, <clears throat> and so again, we're, we're going back to Christmas albums <laughs> and you know, I, uh, yeah, always a touchy. Subject. So here, here's the thing. Peter, uh, my partner, uh, loves Christmas music. Uh, and does he, yes. I mean, loves it. Does he love the whole spectacle of the holiday? So for them in South Africa, um, they're opposite of our, um, seasons so Christ- yes. christmas for them is hot right right so it's a novelty to come to the northern hemisphere and have christmas look like it does in the movies that you see on tv snow snow and all that shit fat pedophiles yeah yeah um and uh so anyway um so he loves christmas music and uh you know everyone you know our society has you know <laughs> 
I mean, there's already Halloween decorations and Michael's, um, you know, Christmas, right. Christmas right. decorations will show up in September. It's, it's um, all monetized. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's like, it's just too much, you know, so you can't ever escape it. No. And if you think about it, you know, just for the everyday person, um, you're never further away from Christmas than six months. So either it, <laughs> either it was six months ago or it's six months from now. So you're, you're always yeah. within six months of Christmas. That's a little depressing. It's really fucked up. <laughs> so, you know, my, my point is, is, and then, you know, yes. people, the whole fucking like Thanksgiving, like, you know, it's just Thanksgiving is, is actually, um, a really great holiday when you should be getting It's easy. Things. You um, just have people over eat a lot of food. Well, but you, you know, the, the idea of it is, is, um, a lot better than I think Christmas is. Um, well, Christmas is just weird now. Well, Christmas is just all about consumerism. But my point is, is that, you know, Thanksgiving is sort of the kickoff to the Christmas season. Right. right. Um, and so I, you know, he loves Christmas music and I'm like, you can't listen to Christmas music until December 1st. It's pretty evil because you're going to hear it anyway. Every fucking store you go into Everywhere. every, I mean, I'm sensitive to music and I'm like, Already? Really? Come on! And here's the thing. It's like, you know, I think based on my Facebook posts around every Christmas season, people probably think that I hate Christmas, but I don't. I actually really love Christmas. I think Christmas is really awesome. But I hate <laughs> how it starts in September and basically, um, you know, it's just... And Black Friday, don't even get me started on Black Friday. People like, die. It's Yeah. People it, it's, die. It's horrible. That's ridiculous. It just, it's turned into a fucking circus. Yeah. Um, and it's, and also too, um, you know, there's always melancholy uh, surrounded uh, with Christmas. And it's because people die during, around the holidays. Like generally speaking. Sure. You know, a lot of people die around the holidays. Um, and the so, winter, they're depressed. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and also, you know, people hang on until you know right. as long as they can you know and also too there is something um cosmic that happens uh, around that time period um and yeah you think people so die. i i i definitely think so um and you know my mom is pagan and so um there's a there's a whole thing about like fuck the veil at halloween it's the veil around christmas that, mm -hmm. that is lifted and that's when people go um but all right so I don't like a lot of Christmas music, right? <laughs> Me neither. And um, preaching um, to the choir, brother. You know, I I, yeah. I just I'm not, I'm not really about it. That's why I'm like you can you can listen to it on December first, and then it's over like December twenty sixth, right? I agree. Um, and so I'm not really about artists who um, put out the Christmas albums. Right. I don't think it's necessary. Um, so Tori Amos. It's a money grab. Yes. Tori Amos with this Christmas album, um, to me, this album is one of her most brilliant. Mm. And that's why this song <laughs> I hate so much. Um, <clears throat> I have always loved this song as a Christmas song. Uh, and I definitely believe that uh, it should be sung by somebody with a low register, uh -huh. either a man or a woman who has a low register. Right, right, right. Tori's register is really high and it doesn't work for this song interesting play it let's fucking hear it mm-hmm oh. 
like eight, four bars in, and you're already wide-eyed and clutching my face. You don't know this song? I don't think so. You're Catholic. I'm not. Or well, but you were raised Catholic. I wasn't. But your grandmother, you went to church with your grandmother, right? I didn't. I thought you just told me that you My grandmother, my mom's side of the family is Catholic, but yeah. I maybe I went to a couple of Easter masses. Oh, okay. But so, no, I didn't so go to school. You don't have any sort of no. any affiliation with Christmas hymns and I went to a Lutheran school from grades 1 through 3. And had to go to those masses, but it was just like, oh, I gotta be here. It was like a class. I went to church with my grandmother, and she was Southern Baptist. Southern Baptist. Well, you know. well that's an intense scene, too. Yeah. yeah, she, you know, like we were speaking about earlier, she was, she is the real deal Christian. Very good natured, not judgmental, right. whatever. But whenever I questioned her about anything, she would start crying and get upset. Like I asked her, I said, I said, Granny, I was like, why do I have to go to church with you? And I mean, she got, she got kind of vicious. She, she was like, you tell me if you would have any friends right now if you didn't go to church with me. Wow. And I was like, oh my God. It was, it was a side of her that I'd never seen before. And right. I was just like, oh, okay. Okay, I get it. Little Won't judgmental. ask ever again. Yeah. I was like, no, no. <laughs> you know? No, no, no. Nobody in my family ever tried to put the fear of God. Yeah. Uh, for lack of a better expression. And see, she, but she didn't either. I mean, she, she, I mean, I told her I was gay before I told my mom. Really? Yeah. How did she take it? She started crying and she said, I'll always love you, no matter oh, what you Oh, that's do. sweet. You know? That's sweet. Because sometimes that Christian blindness yeah. can make people yeah. just go, you're out of the band. Well, and that's why, you know, it's like people like her, you know, the, the, the true Christians, you know, about yes. treating people well and people helping your neighbor. People who understand the and, teachings of Jesus right. on, a, on right. a real level will right. not judge you for right. anything. Right. Anything. So I, I, I want to point out about this album of, of Tories and why I think it's so brilliant, um, not this song, um, but, uh, but, this, but the album as a whole. And what she did uh, is she took very well-known uh, Christmas songs and some obscure songs. Mm -hmm. And what she did is she just sort of added her own sort of Tory blendedness mm -hmm. you know, to it. Uh, and made them sort of original songs. And you think that worked? Um, it worked, in my opinion. Like, I think there are maybe 12 songs on the album, and I think nine of them are fucking brilliant. I did not hate that. But I think I was just, I don't know the lyrics. Should we do a comparison? <laughs> I don't know the lyrics, and I was yeah. just listening. <sighs> you know, no one cares. No one cares what these Americans think about the music, about the art. What do they know? Um, so, so are we ready for my like clear? Oh, it's not going to be a very clear-headed song. But. No, we're we're actually doing the song that you used to hate, mm. but now you love. That's right. That's which right. is by the Carpenters. Yeah, close to you. So written by Burt Bacharach. So Peter, um, the Carpenters are one of Peter's favorites. Um, and I, it's not that I disliked the Carpenters before. I just wasn't familiar with them. Right. Um, and it always just seemed a little... You were indifferent. It just seemed a little goody two-shoes, you know, and very white bread, you know. Um, yes. 
And I know she had her dark side and all that, but it yes. didn't come across all the bulimia. Music, yeah. You know, I don't think I, I don't know, but I, but I, I've, I've grown to really love this song. I think it's really great. Well, it's a Burt Bacharach song. He was a great songwriter. And this was back in the sixties when probably the wrecking crew was doing this production. Uh, I should look that up, but let's hear it. <laughs> so bittersweet right off the bat. It's a beautiful production. There's always a, a melancholy to their songs. It's like Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> what? Well, like Winnie the Pooh always just sort of has this innate, you know, sadness and melancholy to him, you know. You sure you're not thinking of Eeyore? Well, Eeyore is is definitely, you know. He's just depressed. But, but. But all of Winnie the Pooh is kind of like that, you know? Maybe yeah. except for Tigger. It wasn't... Um, uh, but, I, but I feel like, you know, the, the Carpenters, like, even though it sounds really sort of happy and whatever, like, their music is really... It's got a melancholy to it. There's but a juxtaposition, it, is yes. that because we know her history? Like, was it like that then? I mean, I love it though. That's like eight <laughs> tracks of vocals. I know. <laughs> and so breathy. And like, super close to the microphone. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you brought this one in though. We've only stopped one song. That's typically how it goes. Is it? Yeah. Is, is Britney next? Yeah, this is your guilty pleasure. Yes. Britney Spears, Toxic. Um, when did this come out? Um, quite a while ago. This 90s, is, I'm going to say. This is not new. Um, and it's interesting because there was an interview with Tori Amos, and, and somebody told her about this song. And I guess Tori had not listened to the song because Tori interpreted, interpreted it as... Her singing about toxic toxic shock syndrome. And, oh, where you leave your tampon in for too, too and, long. And, and Tori was <laughs> that would like, be an odd thing to write a song about. And Tori was like, "No, I love my vagina. I'm sorry. No, blah blah blah. You know." And I'm like, and then I heard it. I heard the song years later, and I was just like, "But that's not what it's about." <laughs> no, of course not. No, like whoever told Tori that lied to her. I have to say, I listened to this last night, and I remember this being on the radio, but I, I don't think I had MTV or was listening to the radio at the time, so I, I have not been overexposed. And I don't hate it. I don't hate it either. <laughs> it's got this Bollywood feel. Yeah. You know? Baby, can't you see? Super produced. Super produced. Oh my god. <laughs> but it sounds good. Who was her producer? Probably some big way. Fucking Vino. Yeah, you're not going to meditate to this. <laughs> but good for her resisting four on the floor. You know, we're not just here. Ooh, 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 ooh. Yeah. I'm sure there's a remix. You know, she's she's a complicated individual. Remember the whole, um, bald Leave Britney, Britney alone. Bald Britney with a baseball bat? No, I don't remember that. 
Um, well, yeah, leave Britney alone. Okay, so so that dude, he became a porn star. <laughs> I knew that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But didn't he like? He was like under a sheet. Under a sheet. He was like in a sheet form. And, and here's the thing. And it's talking like, about he was he was obviously so trash. I mean, right? Because why would you be so upset about somebody you don't even fucking know? Right. You yeah. know. Fucking love David Bowie. Amazing artist. Redefined himself every couple of albums. Right. But I don't know him. Yeah. I'm not gonna mourn him. It sucks. I, I feel luck. I look at it the other way. I feel lucky that I was alive at the same time yeah. as David Bowie. Well, I think you mourn the passing of you know this this musical genius who um, who did contribute so much. You know. Did you hear the last album? I I did not. Um, I heard that it was all about you know him dying and, and that it was really fucking amazing. Um, but I. It's but, not just about him dying though. It's about it's a love note to his fans. Yeah. And he really didn't hold back. Because, you know, he was a saxophone player and understood jazz. He understood music on that level and just dialed everything back depending on the era that he was in. Yeah. I mean, fucking genius. Yeah, and I mean, he did shit that people should not have been doing at that time, you know? Right. Um, you know, quote, Broke unquote. a lot of cultural mores right. by being bisexual. Or, right. Although, you know, in later years, he was like, yeah, that was all just publicity. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. But good for him. But good for him for marrying him on. Because he oh, made Jesus it Christ. okay to be a fucking weirdo. Right. Whether, right. you know, not that being gay is a weirdo, but outside of the Outside of the norm. Yes, he know? made it okay to be different. Yeah. yeah. And that was important for... I'd rather smoke a cigarette and listen to bad jazz than this podcast. Or Dream On by Aerosmith. I had that on a previous episode, but really, you love that song. I really love that song, and also, too, what's really funny is that I found out later when my mom was a stripper, she used to strip to that song. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be the song, then. <clears throat> this is one of those songs that I've just heard so many times. Yeah. You know, it's up there with Stairway to Heaven yeah. Yeah. or that when it comes on but this is stupid alright what are we doing now uh, we're about to listen to Dream On yes <laughs> good old Aerosmith Dream On and when Adam Lambert was on um, um, America's American Idol American Idol he sang this song did he and he was he the one that went on to play with Queen yes that yeah. guy's he, got chops. He, he won American Idol, right? Uh, and he went on to play with Queen. And but and during the competition, he sang this song. Nice. This ridiculous panning of guitars. I know on either side. Yeah, it was so <laughs> 70s. Yeah. And now it's like that's just dumb. Yeah. That's just dumb. Like, I feel like um, the only way somebody could remake this is to add a fuck ton of bass, you know, and make it make it really, like, you know, pounding, you know? I don't know. I don't think it can be redone. I think this is the well, definitive done version. It, so. Right. You know. Well, no, people have done it live. No, I mean, people haven't, haven't remade it 
and made made that like super heavy bass and made it really right. Heavy. Nobody's nobody's recorded this as a studio production and bested it. Yeah, correct. No, no. And the, and you know, Edge of Seventeen, Stevie Nicks. People have tried to remake it. Uh, and, and really, it, and it just doesn't work. I don't um, even know that song. Really? Yeah. It's like an eight-minute song. Well, you know that I'm not a Stevie Nicks fan. I so. know. Um, no, Edge of Seventeen is okay. uh, is an, an amazing song. But what I was gonna say, uh, leading up to White Rabbit, it's like I don't, I don't know that I've ever heard any anyone attempt to remake White Rabbit because you can't. <laughs> I mean, I've heard cover bands do. Have you? Yeah, but it's never as good. Yeah, it's never as good. Yeah. All right, let's let's dial that up. I mean, this is classic counterculture this was an iconic song this was a i still own my mom's copy of this vinyl just everything about it the progression well and also it's about alice in wonderland which is one of my favorite childhood movies and i still uh, believe that i suffer from alice in wonderland syndrome which is i have very good advice but i very seldom take it Oh, yeah. Yeah, this this song is like a warm fire to me. I know it very well. Mm -hmm. It's always soothing. Mm -hmm. It's about Alice in Wonderland. Grace Slick was hot. She still looks pretty good for her age. See, I don't think it's about Alice in Wonderland. It's about taking drugs and... You know, counter- no, it's totally counter- about Alice in Wonderland. No, I know, but it's about um, taking drugs and being counterculture. Yes. Yeah. Both. But they used it. They used the, the metaphor in- of Alice in Wonderland. Right, 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 right. I mean, that book was pretty twisted for when it came out. I mean, when did Lewis Carroll write that? Was it Victorian? It might have been, yeah. I feel like it was. Yeah. Because she was all like, had to go to tea and be proper, you know, and she just wanted to go down the rabbit hole. Well, yeah, the line, feed your head, is totally a psychedelic reference. Um, (laughs) So because you haven't heard Edge of 17, I think you should listen to it. All right. Why am I involved? I have no idea. No. I mean, when I was yeah. in high school, I did lick easy cheese off a girl's tit once. Oh, it's the Dillard of the Airbag. Because she's, I think she's a producer and a writer in that. Mm. And she's with uh, Jonah Hill. Mm-hmm. And it's it's based off an Australian science fiction thing, but it's so, she's brilliant. Yeah. I love her. I think so. uh, yeah, I know this song. I didn't know what the title of it was, but yeah. This is like Fleetwood Mac meets Survivor. Well, I think this was her first or second um, solo album. Right. And um, it's a very good album. Um, But what I love about this song is the sort of musical complexity of it. Because it ain't just 4-4 or 2-4 or 3-4. You know, it's like like 6-8. No. Oi. All right, we can turn it off. No. I hear this song all the fucking time. All the time. So, I don't have to hear it. I love it. (laughs) 
you know, eventually we want to move to the woods. And so I didn't want to see something about really fucked up shit happening in the woods. Uh, So we got three episodes into it, and I was like, I can't watch it. The next one was Cult. You do Uh, understand that it's not real. Yes, I know. And when you move to the woods, you'll be fine. Mm, I don't know. A lot of shit happens in the woods. (laughs) Well, sure. But a lot of shit happens everywhere. So then the next. Why is Barracuda happening? Pat Benatar? No, that's Heart. Oh, that's Heart. Love Heart. Anyway, so then the next. Well, because that's the other option. And I was like, no, no. I'm like, no, you can't. No. 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 It's like portrayed as reality that I that I can't handle. You know? And especially the older I get, you know? Right, 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 right. Anyway, I don't know how we started talking about that, but that's okay. Uh, this is open to tangential conversations. But uh, I think we're going to wrap it up. <clears throat> okay. Thank you, William. Um, this has been uh, super fun. Super and, fun. Uh, I, I, was, I was a little apprehensive about it, but um, it, was, it's, it was really cool to sit around and talk about shit that we hate. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Well, there you have it, kids. Episode 9. Took us a while to get around to this one due to massive anxiety and crippling depression as a result of not leaving the house in fucking forever. I would apologize, but the fact is I'm not sorry. Shit happens. I'd like to thank my guest, William Fox, without whom I'd have nothing to do these days. This episode was taped before the lockdown here in New York City, so social distancing was not needed at the time, and no one was at risk from coronavirus. However, serious psychological damage is always a risk here. And remember, kids, for as long as there's been music, most of it's been terrible. <laughs>